Welcome to the Behind the Goals podcast, the podcast about fans, for fans and by fans. Please welcome your hosts, Andrew Jenkin and Alan Russell. Uh, welcome to the Behind the Goals podcast. We're now in double figures, 10 podcasts Episode in. Episode 10. Episode 10, double figures. We can maybe stop counting them or announcing them so proudly now. It's just, <laughs> another, just, it's just another episode. So, so relieved that we've got through the, yeah, the previous week. I'm, I'm amazed we've, take, we've managed to, to make it to double figures. I think we only missed one week nobody, uh, at nobody, New Year. Sh- nobody shut us down either, which yeah. is the positive thing, yeah. which, is, which is good. Uh, today's podcast is going to be getting into the type of territory where lawyers start to get interested. Um, uh, we're going to be talking to Andrew, Andrew Jennings, who's been leading uh, a major investigation into FIFA over the last, I, I guess, 15 or so years. Mm. Uh, the Panorama documentary has written a couple of books about uh, about the scandals and, and, and corruption in FIFA. Um, and you'll hear in our chat with him uh, how eager he is to see that uh, that, that fight you know, finishing uh, and seeing the indictment of these these people, and seeing actually, you know, the, the the people responsible for for stealing so much money from 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 our game uh, appear in front of judges in court. Mm. He's a bit of a one man band crusade, was it? One man, well, look, one man crusade really against FIFA, and just uh, investigating at a time when it wasn't popular to investigate against FIFA. Uh, and he and and he just, you know, he had this he had this hunch, and then he had information, yeah. and then that and it started from there. Yeah. And, and you've seen what's sort of ensued since then, just the the impact of a good investigative reporter. And I think that the, the, the kind of things that we talk about are relevant as well, because we're talking about the, the state of journalism. And mm-hmm. as you point out, you know, and, he, and as he points out, you have football reporters and reporters, and there's a very clear divide between yeah. the two. Yeah. Um, and, and clubs being, you know, reporters relying on clubs and, and authorities yeah. to get their information. So really interesting kind of subtext. Yeah. And, and Football's uh, too too trivial for the business pages, but uh, the, the business side and the corruption side is is too boring for the for the sports pages yes, yeah um, so yeah. Where, where does it fit which is kind of well supports director in the between the business and the sports pages yeah. aren't we We're I, of, I always think of we do the stuff the boring but important stuff yeah um, absolutely yeah and, uh, and hopefully to, this is i mean i remember hearing andrew speak at the university of sterling about four or five maybe six years ago and you know just the passion that he has for what he does and um and and to have him on the show is a real privilege because unfortunately Andrew had a stroke very recently and he's since retired. So we've you know it's been a pleasure to have him on the show and and be able to talk and um, it's one of my favourite episodes so far. Yeah, I mean just, despite his despite his stroke, he's a very lively character, uh, great fun to talk to, um, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Let's delve into it. Well, thank you very much, Andrew Jennings, for joining us today on Behind the Goals, uh, which is the Supporters Direct Scotland podcast. Um, Perhaps the first thing I I didn't realise until researching that you're actually born in Scotland and then moved to London. Yes, and now I'm nearly in Scotland again. I'm in, just south of Carlisle. Oh, right, edging so, closer. Uh, I wasn't allowed to to vote in the referendum, unfortunately, because only people with residential addresses in Scotland could vote. Could vote. But um, I am a supporter. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, um, do you have plans to move back across the border at some point? I'll probably stay where I am now. I'm just uh, just outside Penrith, which is quite nice. Yeah, it's a nice nice part of the world. I I think of it as Scotland. <laughs> I believe it was once. It's quite a long time. Ago. Um. 
doing doing some research onto your your career, it it seems like you didn't actually have that much of an interest in sport originally, and it was more obviously journalism was your your background. But what was it that first inspired you to start taking an interest in the the dirty dealings of uh, sport and the world of sport? Oh, I could think for a minute. Um, but I think it was a realisation before very long, this is what, um, in the early 90s, that you didn't learn anything from reading these so-called experts. And I think this, this is a thing that uh, intrepid fans will know, that you don't get anything from a little handful of uh, dedicated um, AFP, AP and so on reporters in Zurich following around the Rebel civilian power. They just don't have the ability or the guts to say, wait a minute, what happened to all that money, Gov? Mm-hmm. You know, the first time you have to get politely, you know, second time they jump on their desk. Um, and they just sit there, and they sit there, and of course, the one place you don't go for any news is for the agencies or for the, the so-called football experts, because they know absolutely nothing. It's the same in England, the... Um, uh, whether it's Charlie Sale or the Daily Mail or um, the Guardian, terribly important, but they don't know anything because they've never actually really been. You don't go to the headquarters on the top of the hill Zurich. You go into the downtown and you, you ask around the bars hmm. and um, you find your contacts, either f- um, the current employees or previous employees, and that's where you learn the truth. So, um, but yes, I... Uh, I'm not, I'm not that interested in football. I I raised a cheer when uh, the Scottish team goes too bad, um, and who knows, I'll qualify sometime. <laughs> um, but to me, it was quite simple. Public work being told the truth. It wasn't the hardest job in the world to get to the truth. It was just time-consuming, and um, I occasionally had to, after years of staff work. Um, I had, uh, I also went in and out of various people. Um, spent 10 years with Panorama, which was very, very successful, I think. Uh, we, I think we had the best report by and large. The only exception has been, I think you, I must credit the Germans. Their reporting has been good. In fact, when I'm not working with Panorama, I tend to cross over and work with the Germans, who were very good. Mm. And they've done some excellent work on doping and on the IOC. That's uh, another castle waiting to fall, but you'd never believe it from reading the uh, the PR's, PR um, representation. None of the reporters say, excuse me, well, is it true that a couple of, uh, couple of um, prisoners back with a, we had a, a certified life, lifelong fascist? <laughs> oh, no, we don't raise those subjects <laughs> to the... Um, to the uh, the IOC is just never covered, never covered at all. Yeah. Why aren't any of you guys elected? Come on, next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the staff reporters are not very good, and of course, it won't get any better as reporters um, just fall away. Um, Papers are just getting smaller and smaller all the time in terms of staff, yeah. and they simply can't afford to de- to detail anybody like I was. Um, I mean, take uh, well, let's look at the Guardian. Their recent book, what's it called? Um, 
or was it something about the Clyde Cathedral or something, something like that? The guy never came to Zurich. Never. Is that right? Except uh, he got one interview, I think, with Blasher about two years ago, which, which he didn't have the nerve, or the lawyers didn't um, uh, say, you know, lawyers didn't support his work. Um, and so he went along with a load of old, old fanny. <laughs> um, and it was David Conn, who has done good work, and once you acknowledge this, his work on the uh, Liverpool scandal um, has been excellent. And I think he thought, well, we'll have another go, coming on FIFA. But he never was never there. Yeah. And my number of times the BBC filmed me just about to go in, whoom, the door closes in front of me, I can't get in. <laughs> and it was delivered just to point out that we couldn't get access and we weren't going to get access. And we didn't care about getting access, actually. Apart from the principle, he didn't learn anything. So mm. we were lost in Latin America, it was only getting the story there. I think that that thing about access you mentioned there is is possibly the reason that you know conventional sports reporters um, don't don't ex- don't uncover these stories because they need access to, to to clubs to players to managers to to administrators in sport in order to get their stories about what's happening on the field uh, and they don't want to to destroy their relationships and damage their their access to getting those stories so they see all that all the murky business dealings and all the shady numbers stuff as a place that, oh, just better not touch that. Uh, leave, leave that to Andrew Jennings. He'll, he'll doorstep them on that one there. <laughs> uh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't do both sides of journalism because you need access to do one, but also uh, you know, to really get at the story, you, you're going to need to ask some really tough questions and, and have that, that, that thick skin and brass neck to, you know, to, to do what you did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, but they don't seem to fresh. And I do remember years ago, the early 90s, I was a um, number of them got together the night before in Zurich before a blasted press conference the next day. And uh, I turned up a bit late, but I managed to squeeze onto the table. And they were talking about what they were going to ask the next day. So I said, well, it's only one question worth asking, isn't it? So said, have you ever taken a bribe? <laughs> right. And I've never been so successful in silencing a room before then. Um, <laughs> they just looked at me in horror and said, you can't ask that. Why not? Well, he might walk out. Great, I said. You might go on the front page. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get it. They just didn't get it. Um, they, even, even in the early 90s, I knew Blatter had no way he would sue. I knew they got enough on him then. Got a lot more as time passed. But I knew they wouldn't sue. And as long as you tried hard to get your story right, and of course you should, yeah. then uh, t- tell the truth. Mm, yeah. And indeed, um, actually, it's funny. The next day we went into the press conference in, um, in the old uh, building where FIFA used to be headquartered. And uh, I was very quick. Uh, by the way, I should point out, I deliberately was dressed in made sort of hill-walking gear. <laughs> All around me were reporters, beautifully dressed, lovely suits. Oh, nice ties, nice shirts. They really were a credit to the English haberdashery. <laughs> you know, and I was there in waistcoat, shirt, pretty strong boots, and, uh, you know, a pair of slacks. I think we trousers. Um, uh, pockets all the way up and down the legs. And so I said, uh, I deliberately got in the front. And I did know there were a couple of Germans in the back 
knew I was in Abigail and I took them off and they were really laughing. And the microphone goes around and I managed to get it first. And I said, uh, oh, President, Bl no, I said, Mr. Blasser. And that was in him because he used to get very, very upset if you were, didn't call him Mr. President. And all these dickheads from the British press, remember it cost money to send them over in those days. Um, and yet they, they squandered money and I think it was to get the duty for it on the way back. But um, space opened up around me and I'd made a most unpleasant smell. Well, I said, Mr. Blasser, do you have a bribe? Fairly coarse, you know, not, not a very good voice. And it was absolute silence. He didn't know where to put his face. And eventually he said, no, 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 no. And we picked up. I didn't, what was the point of asking anymore? That was the only question I wanted. And I was, uh, forgive me, I was at the paper that didn't pay for me at the time, was the Daily Mail. It was a very good sports editor then, sadly long gone, of course. But, um, you know, I got a, got a story where I could say, Blatter, quote, denied taking a bribe, unquote. It's just, and that was, I, any journalist would have done that. Mm. But these, these dickheads, oh, it's just incredible. <laughs> I, I only, ever, only ever met them when I just happened to bump into them in a restaurant. Yeah. So, uh, sadly, we haven't got anything in the past from the, uh, the, the established reports, and I don't think we're going to because less and less of papers got the money to send reporters yeah. on a fruitless... Um, and they don't... Maybe they have found out. I don't know if they figured out really a fruitless. And really, I can't, couldn't care less. I can um, do my books, do the, um, the panoramas. Um, yeah. I have to see what I can do now. But uh, And then there's Benita's book. Brilliant stuff. Mm. <laughs> Yes. So, so the 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 foul book in two thousand and six. When was the Panorama documentary? The first Panorama started in two thousand and six. Okay. I sent um, I sent one or two chapters off early to a mate of mine on Panorama and said, "Look, this is the story you've got to be looking at." And he was very sharp, and he came back and said, "Right, come down and see the editor." So I did, and talked with him and. Uh, I said, uh, I'll, I'll buy a suit, you know, I'll, I'll get properly dressed for the you dare. <laughs> and I realised that, I, that I, I was sitting in a room with like-minded people. They wanted mm. a story and they didn't care what I looked like, though they yeah. would prefer that I comb my hair if I had time. Yeah. Otherwise, get the bloody story. That's what you're paid to do. We expect you to do it. Fair enough. That's a good deal. Mm. So that started in 2006. Oh, we followed it up towards the end of the year. Um, I honestly can't remember now. I know we had more good stuff. I think that's when I had Jack Warner at uh, Zurich Airport. Mm. And he, he was a bit surprised, actually, because he didn't realise that we were... They were they're not, what you can understand is, this whole quiescent... I don't mind, I'll lie down, go walk on me, walk again, please, please walk on me. They got used to the fact that they never got queries. So when I turned out from an independent program, um, I thought was right. Let's get to Jack. It's time we had a word with him. So we got through, through helping Trinidad, retract him, so oh, I think he came into Frankfurt. Then he flew down to Zurich. And I was waiting at the, at the uh, um, chapel, and it's a great, it's a great secret. Good morning, Mr. Mr. Warner. 
Can I ask you about bombing that's going immediately speeded up? Rush was the escalator. So there's a tour, so the cameraman, very, very sharp, got in the uh, adjoining escalator, which also forcibly went in the same direction. So he films Jack. They, he shoots across. You, you, you see a shot of the, uh, the, the uh, chauffeur running like hell to the car. And I managed to end up um, right next to him saying, Oh, is there any more you want to add? And uh, he wasn't very good. So anyway, <laughs> it helped that we could take... Because nobody died. Mm. People got robbed, but those were the fans. Um, the, the, nobody died, nobody got badly hurt. We could afford to look for making them look idiots. Yeah. Which is what they were. Yeah. And uh, that, uh, that got uh, a lot of laughter. So when um, when when things sort of unfold, when 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 things collapsed at FIFA and Blatter left uh, and Valka left and uh, Warner and Chuck Blazer and the rest of them, they all kind of fell fell foul of the investigations that you and others had been doing there. Did you? What did you think would happen at FIFA next? Did you think, oh, okay, so that's a clean slate and there'll be good guys in, or did you, did you think there was just another wave coming over the horizon, another wave of these 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 guys that were going to just do the same like, I all over again? Yeah, I still do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there's much change. Um, they went over a period of time. Warner's one of the early ones. Um, I got Blazer. I also remember the. Uh, Final email I got from him because I always, always put the question in, always gave him the chance to reply. And he wrote me a. The first email was just, just sheer guff. He, he enjoyed and he found with most reports, he used lots of long words and frequently, then they would give up. Well, I asked him again. And uh, I think he realised, because I, I then put in a question which he knew I would put out. And he was over. And at the end of it, he said, as a reporter, you're useless. I thought, great. <laughs> so I rang my FBI friends in New York and uh, it was picked up in a day or so and that was him finished. Although um, <clears throat> they'd always asked me not to not to talk about them very much whilst they were busy working. Mm -hmm. So I left it for a couple of years before I got bored. And through a, a decent, very decent Reuters reporter, got him to, to report that uh, one of Warner's sons, I forget what he's called now, um, had been arrested quite some time ago and had gone state's evidence faster than they could write it down. They weren't people of any substance. They were <clears throat> very big shots until they weren't. Mm -hmm. You've got a couple of fairly steely-eyed people saying, I'll ask you one more time, Mr Warner, where did the money go? They just fall apart. Yeah. And it was worn, by the way. I think next month is his latest. You know, he's been fighting off extradition to the absolute disgrace of Trinidad. Uh, why they let this man uh, stay there instead of just hand him over to America? It's a perfectly legal and proper uh, request for um, assistance. And uh, <clears throat> most of the others have handed over. The fact he hasn't been handed over makes you wonder why. Who else? Who else She's in Trinidad is? Say thanks, Jack. Now you either go quietly, or their, their agents happen to be here with some huge change. They'll put you on a plane and take it. Now make up your mind now, but you're going. Mm -hmm. So it comes up again. 
Um, I'm hoping, I think the magistrate is straight. I'm hoping that he's, by next month he will run out of legal options. He's challenged mm. everything mm. Um, because he's guilty. And it, when they get him back, he ain't going home again. Yeah. He's going yeah. to a prison cell when they finish with him. Yeah. Hilarious. I've <laughs> always said I would go over and wave to him on his final day in the courtroom. <laughs> So we'll see about that. Yeah. You, you mentioned uh, you recited your moment with Mr. Blatter. Have you ever taken a bribe? What What was the kind of fallout from that? Is that something that you'd say almost launched your career in investigative journalism in football? Is that and and was that the start of the campaign for you to to you know what was the catalyst really? Oh, I've been running for about a year, year and a half when uh, <coughs> John came out to go and do that. Um, and I, I knew then, I was very clear in my mind that there were reporters and there were football reporters. Mm. And I classify myself, hopefully, with the, with the bulk of reporters who try and are backed by their management. Uh, it's a funny thing that um, whatever paper you look at, you get the Daily Mail bang, bang, bang every day, whatever their target is. Mm. Nobody ever says, Charlie, why are you doing this story? What's the point? I think nobody, but nobody takes sport seriously, least of all in newspapers. Mm. So they get away with some really, really crap reporting. Um, but uh, that's, <coughs> excuse me, um, when I'd done that uh, uh, interview or attempted, <laughs> and I walked out, <coughs> and there's a huge laugh outside, and uh, I uh, I think I went for a beer after that, <laughs> and everybody's laughing all the way around at it. Um, but his Blatter's sort of henchmen were really pathetic. His uh, his head of media uh, used to write me the most appalling email. Didn't I? I could hardly understand them. But he showed it to the boss. He said, "That'll teach him." And Blatter went, "Yeah, that'll that'll show him." And I thought. Oh, oh, oh. Right, <laughs> right now, where were we? On we go. And um, because you see, I knew they were bent. Uh, this is must emphasise the reason for doing was um, they were so incredibly bent, mm. and there was no media uh, connection apart from Germany. They, they did yeah. a good job, mm. and that's why I often went across when I helped because I just went in and did half a dozen panoramas, but on strict contract, I wasn't staff. So it might be sometimes two years before I went back mm. in again and finished up. Uh, my last one, actually, was, uh, yeah, two years ago, we got a one-hour special. We got it about 10, and we got it finished, and we transmitted about 10 days before he, uh, <coughs> finally gave in. Yeah. But, uh, with the corrupt. Yeah, yeah. Um, the corruption at FIFA is now, you know, well, well into the public consciousness. It's not. I don't think anybody who's even got a, even a vague interest in football would be surprised at those at those stories. It's now. It's just accepted. You know, FIFA's fallen, Blatter's gone, and everybody knows. You know, you know just what an organisation and what a culture there was there in in the the top levels of of sport. But you were working on that story for a long, for a lot of years when it didn't have that profile in the public consciousness. What was it like working for so long on a story like that? With, yeah, so you you publish your book. I bought your book and I I loved it and I watched the early panorama specials. But not not enough people were paying attention. 
was that not very demoralizing to, to be doing well, this good how work? How do you know? <laughs> how do you know? It didn't say it in the Guardian, the Times, the Telegraph. Who gives the stuff? Because the amount of emails I got showed that fans, um, it's hardly surprising those newspapers are in a state of collapse now as they um, you know, cut back on uh, their staff. Um, they didn't realise that there was nothing, no, they should be covering this story because it's important for financial reasons. Mm. Sport, to me, always came very much second. So uh, it was never a time of great uh, discontent because I was writing, I wrote some books. Um, I was busy in the resource and I picked up a film. But I, because I knew absolutely that they were bent, and I knew, fortunately, it was a it had been terrible if all the newspapers in Britain had turned on Blatter. What have I done for a living? <laughs> it was dreadful. So, 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 so uh, partly the fact that you knew you had you, you had you had these guys and you had evidence and you were gathering evidence that was motivation in itself. But also, um, you were allowed to just continue investigating that, and you, you almost had a clear pitch to go after them without having to fight 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 other reporters from from other papers to to do that. This must be a great position to be in. Oh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, um, who cared what the other reporter said? Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, I've been on it for about two years, and I got a very good source. And in fact, if I just look over beyond the screen, there's 10, 12 lever arch files tightly packed with internal FIFA documents. Mm. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I just it took me about six weeks just to get them all read. And I realised that... Uh, you know, I couldn't be challenged um, because if I stayed with them and this excellent source now gone from FIFA, um, you know, I, I'd always be all right. Mm. Um, I think we have to bring it up to date. Uh, we see the way they didn't rush to get rid of Blatter, did they? Any no. other organisation yeah. would have kicked him out mm, years yeah, before. It was a liability for years and he just kept on going. Yeah, now I'm very pleased, of course, because it made the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't just an individual, it was an organisation. Yeah. Has it changed? Yeah, well, the, it, the number of investigators, they point internally and they let them do a bit of work and then they get rid of them. Um, they kind of, they're either finding something that the organisation doesn't like or they're finding nothing. Uh, well, I, I could put my money on one of those. Because I don't trust the uh, Swiss investigator or the German judge. I don't, I don't trust them. I don't have confidence in them. Quite why they, uh, Infantino, decided to get rid of them and bring in this dimwit who doesn't speak English, which does help, you know. <laughs> it's useful seeing everybody else in the, in the room does. Um, but I'm now quite content to sort of mow my lawn when it's... When, grows again uh, and wait because I'm confident that the feds are going to sting them so hard yeah. and don't whatever you do don't book your tickets for Moscow and certainly don't I mean you followed the trial in, in January mm. in New York I mean if, if you ever doubted you got enough testimony in that room but you see the football reporters don't do it nobody yeah. goes bloody hell my eyes are open they're all bent. Yeah. yeah. Well, hello, Mr. Infantino. Can you can you assure us that everything's all right? Yes, everything's all right. Oh, right. Thank you very much. Do you mind if I write that? No, you can write it. And so, um, 
it's still an untapped, apart from, say, apart from the Germans, it's very much an untapped resource. Mm. Mm. Join in. <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 uh, alluded there that perhaps don't book your tickets to Russia. I assume that means don't book a ticket to Qatar. Not that I, I would be going anyway, but uh, that that makes me sound like it's all up for grabs still. Look me in the eye and tell me that nobody from Russia paid bribes. I couldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. Right, of course you can't. And that's you know, I just laugh myself silly if you try to in Qatar. Um, <laughs> Quite how much Blaster uh, <clears throat> um, got for it, I don't know, because uh, he used offshore bank accounts as well. Mm. But um, I think it's been sort of reluctantly the Swiss have got stuck in, mm. and uh, they've got quite a few now. They issue a notice and or what's it called? It's, it's not as charges. So just it's a first stage of saying we're interested in you. Yeah. The next stage is that you get indicted. Um, and uh, quite a few indicted. I mean, do you remember a fellow called Jerome Valka? Yeah. Who was around for years and years and years and suddenly gone, gone. Mm. And I, I was at the press conference, which uh, his erstwhile colleague, um, whose name escapes me now, an American who, who was a big ticket dealer, and he just got fed up with being messed about. We talked a lot on Skype. And he said, well, look, I'm coming over and I'm going to do this press conference. You must be there. So I was, and I arranged for as many reporters as possible to attend. Um, Valka was gone by tea time. Hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, nobody ever follows it through now to say, well, why has he gone? Mm. Why? Mm. why? Yeah. You know, let's have some natural justice. Let's have uh, his side of the story. So he, he's allegedly in Spain now, a Frenchman, uh, <clears throat> If he's in Spain, I'm not sure he really is. Um, I wait for his downfall. Yeah, yeah. So the Swiss authorities are now interested. I mean, my my personal theory on that is they they didn't mind grey anonymous men salting away money in, in anonymous bank accounts. But when it it got a bit more profile and it, it offended the sort of the Swiss sensibilities about, hang on a minute, this isn't. This isn't just some 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 grey anonymous wee man, you know, with a lot of money. And uh, this is actually somebody doing something that's got a, a lot higher profile than we're comfortable with. That's my take on it. Does that sound right to you? Well, yes, and coupled with they look bloody silly if the feds were investigating and they weren't. Yes, yeah. I mean, how embarrassing. Yeah. Indeed, for the last film, which was two years ago, I did interview the Swiss Attorney General got Three quarters of an hour with him, we used about, oh, easy, 15 seconds of it. But um, <laughs> we we got the commitment from him that they were going in. So, again, uh, you never know. Mm. Yeah. But the fact yeah. is, the story, which I will send you after the interview from Rebecca Ruiz at the New York Times, she got a tip and has seen the indictment, the latest indictment, which uh, <clears throat> the uh, feds have produced. <clears throat> and that's calling for... for um, they're going back to 2009, where I just happened to drop by Copenhagen for the uh, the, <clears throat> the carve up at the IOC, uh-huh. and you could smell the money, you could see it. But what's strange about my nostrils is that they can quite easily detect the smell of money, and all the other reporters say, "Yes, sir, no, sir." Do mind? If, oh, good, the games are going to Rio. Oh, how mm-hmm. jolly! The natives will be dancing on the beach, won't they? Say, so, yes, they will. <laughs> you know, and the guys with bulging money. 
Yeah. Sorry, bulging pockets. Yeah. The yeah. money was so huge. Yeah. And it was patently, and indeed, as it turned out, finally the Brazilian peace police have got their act together, and Nuzman, who who, who uh, was in charge of it, is now under indictment. Quite a few others. Mm. It's taken an awfully long time. Yeah. Um, we mustn't. Don't forget Patrick Hickey from Ireland, by the way. He's he's just disgusting. Yeah. Just disgusting. Um, so I look forward to when uh, he got bailed out. And just on the subject of Hickey, he only got out of the Brazilian jail because suddenly he got lent £400,000. Now, I don't have that sort of money. Maybe you do. <laughs> Sadly not, no. <laughs> Four pounds, maybe. Why did, he, why did he suddenly have that to put in as yeah. security? Because uh, another... Um, leg, another leg of this investigation, of course, was um, oh, the, the, the Kuwaiti Sheikh who took himself, um, because he got lots of money, he got himself to the head of, of, of a strange organisation called ANOC, uh, which uh, I don't know what he does apart from keep passing resolutions about what a wonderful person he is. And funny enough, <laughs> they passed a recent... recent um, Statement saying they don't, they just didn't believe. There's just no credibility to do, to the investigations. Oh, really? Mm. Anybody ring up the feds to tell them you're wasting your time? Yeah. I don't think they did. <laughs> so um, uh, <clears throat> we just wait and wait and wait. Yeah. You, you sound like you, well, and quite rightly, you must be very vindicated by everything that has ensued since your sort of investigation opened. Um, I wondered, at any point, did you ever self, have any self-doubt about, you know, I wondered if you were ever perhaps roughed up in any way or threatened um, by people involved in FIFA at the time? Did, were there any, every time, you seem like a very strong-willed man that wouldn't be stand for any of that, but I wondered on a personal level if any, if any of that ever bothered you on any level. Just in case you were, I was in Brazil and Paraguay and uh, south of Brazil, I uh, made sure that we moved swiftly. We didn't mess about. Mm. Um, and Brazil, but of course, there were so many people in Brazil who were sympathetic to the cause and said, go on, right on, go on. <laughs> we had yeah. some wonderful nights there. I really can't give you any of the detail because I'm sworn to secrecy. <laughs> well, I can't remember now, but I'm sure they were pretty good nights. Um, <laughs> And all the people there uh, are now un are under investigation. Eventually, it will be done. Or Brazil does have a official uh, legislation which doesn't let them uh, let them extradite uh, drug t drug t traffickers. But a lot of people aren't, and they're hiding under that. Suddenly, Ricardo Teixeira, who's all mouth and picking up the money for years and years, has got a thing to say. Not mm. not a word. Mm. So. You see, they were financial criminals. They wouldn't know who to going to save. Oh, Rob's just Jennings out. He's any sense. Yeah. Anyway, they probably get lost coming out of Pembroke. <laughs> yeah. I guess I think that you know that distinction you make they're financial criminals is just is just money, it's just a lot of money, um, but there there's a sort of separation between them and other types of criminals who you might want to tread very carefully around. Um, well, yeah. I mean, they're a joke. I think. Well, I think. I think partly the reason that that's you, 
that that was that's that's possible is that there was so much money in football that they didn't have to get involved in anything a little bit dirtier than that any yeah. other sort of sources sources of money it was just billions of money from from football uh, and it was it was enough to line their pockets so they didn't need to get involved in anything bigger than that which makes it a safer thing to investigate from your perspective yeah i mean i haven't known quite what to do i know uh, ricardo Teixeira from brazil had guys going around london uh wanting to deliver i think indictments or something we went to the bbc and they said sorry we don't know it here which was correct because they only knew me during the span of a film and i was off on the way again the next one came up um but i didn't take these these i'm sorry i was using a rude word i wouldn't didn't take these men at all seriously and they went away um i've dealt with much much more frightening people yeah who have uh, in the past yeah uh, when I worked for World in Action we didn't mess about there's a much 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 missed program I think yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and that's when you worked with uh, Paul Greengrass isn't it director of uh, some, yeah, of, some of the Bourne films yeah working at his, he emailed me last week actually he's, he's filming in Iceland which I'm quite jealous of because Iceland would be just gorgeous at this yeah, time yeah sure I think he on Mm. He's, he's never been inspired to make a, a Jason Bourne-esque investigation into FIFA then? Well, actually, he did offer. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're right. The, the last... Um, uh, the Blatter, um Sorry, when, when the, when the uh, indictment was published by the Americans, he came on and said, look, I can do it now. Mm. Well, we could get it in our house cinema. So I said, look, Paul, I've got a debt of loyalty to BBC. Also, they're sitting on all the best footage. Yeah. Mm. So he said, okay, well, you know, I wouldn't be directing all of it. I'd put somebody else in and do a lot of it. But I, you know, I'll put my name on it and so on. I said, let's wait, not this time. Mm. In fact, I'm going to write to him. I've been frozen in Iceland. Yeah, yeah. Suggestion for the next yeah. film. You could get Tim Roth to play Seth Blatter. Inspired <laughs> casting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, if, if, if doing something for the money, Tim Roth in that. What was the name of the film? I'm trying to remember. I've tried. I've tried to track it down. I can't find it. It's apparently one of the worst pieces of cinematography ever made. But uh, that's just its reputation. I, 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 not my opinion. I've not, I've not managed to see it myself. Absolutely. <laughs> I gathered it took about five quid when. Investigated by the um, uh, 
the awarding of the World Track and Field Championships to uh, somewhere somewhere in Oregon, somewhere where they have where Nike have their headquarters. Yeah. Well, you see, Nike's been one has been thinking, come on, when are they going to get around to them? Mm. Because they touched on them over and over again in their first indictment, and then they dropped it. But now they're on it again. Yeah. And I'm sure you will enjoy this. Uh, this it's not very long, this piece. But I'll send it up to you. Perfect. Perfect. Mm. So it's almost worth waiting for. Absolutely. So one one thing I wanted to ask you um, is often the kind of the term governance gets banded about quite a lot. And um, I think over the years there's perhaps been a kind of misnomer about what good governance is. And, And I suppose my question is, what is good governance and what should FIFA look like going forward? We've kind of established that perhaps Blatter, it was a problem, but he wasn't the problem in the, in the grand scheme of things. He was kind of a, a product of a, a corrupt system what should the what should the structure look like and how should football be governed going forward it's ever so simple just make them subject to freedom of information we have it in this country mm-hmm. most places countries um, you know and uh, by and large it works uh, i've used it occasionally and uh, they they didn't they did um, through embarrassment. They claimed they couldn't tell me what the gov- what discussions the government had over um, uh, over, over the, uh, the English bid. Yeah. What a joke that was! Oh dear me! Um, but uh, that one move, very simple, would would end all all behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. conniving because they couldn't have come behind the scenes conniving they're not very bright very football people mm-hmm. not really bright people like uh, I don't know name the current uh, current uh, cabinet but they're not even bright there either <laughs> um, uh, you know the, the right questions yeah and they can set up a department to answer it they've got yeah. enough money and yeah. they give bloody answers, and if they don't, and you've got to have a, a regulator at arm's length, as yeah. we have in, in Britain, where if you're not satisfied with the answer you get, you can go to the, um, oh, the, the uh, I forget what they call them now, uh, but the um, there, is, there is someone you can appeal to if oh, you're not satisfied, you've got a reasonable answer, mm. and they can tell the government, yeah. hand it over. Mm. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah. Mm. So it's about transparency. Yeah, look, it's only kicking a football about. <laughs> no, 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 it's, my heart beats faster when I think about it. Well, mine doesn't. Yeah. It's about kicking a ball about and good luck and uh, enjoy the World Cup. And I enjoy seeing the highlight goals as I'm not completely... Um, not going to respond to any of them. Yeah. But uh, there are more important things in the world. Is somebody going to leave Trent and Mia Rowe? Is it, are they possibly? Well, they may be. This, this talk of a scout perhaps could go somewhere. I'm not interested, you know. If they're signed up, they're signed up. Mm-hmm. Now, was it a clean sign-up? Was an agency involved? Immediately, the money. Yeah. But um, it'd be so funny, wouldn't it? Mm. Why don't the English FA say, I've said to them, why don't you show the others, show the Scots? Why don't a Scot show the English to have freedom of information? Mm-hmm. We only need one of the 209 yeah. uh, uh, national associations to sign up to it, and it's gone. Mm. Yeah. Everybody would have to follow. Yeah. But if you think that probably 50% of the national federations are bent, 
I mean, do you ever expect to get anything out of the Asian Football Confederation? Don't waste too much time on it. Um, <laughs> if you had it, if you had a freedom of information, it'd have to answer. Mm. Okay, you're suspended. What? It's spelled suspended, right? Mm. Piss off. <laughs> or answer, then you can come back again. Yeah. And really, again, you see, you don't have reporters. Uh, I'd like to think I was some extra special guy. I don't think I am. I think it's that uh, I remember when I was at World in Action, I said, yeah, I think we're going to do FIFA. And a lot of the, the hard, hard guys there, and they were hard guys, they said, what are you doing soccer for? Mm. And I said, oh, you don't want to do. And I reeled off a list of the sponsors at the time. Mm. And they said, oh, I see what you mean, yes. I said, well, they're, they're all there. We'll have those for a start. Mm. This is private conversations, of course. <laughs> but, um <laughs> Yes, it, it just meant plenty of work. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what are we here for? You know, we're yeah. working. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, you, you're sadly retired now, but if you could have an, a crack at somebody else in football, who would it be? Is there somebody that you were sort of really keen to get at, but you haven't been able to? Or? Oh, no. Well, I'd like a guy at the Asian Federation because they're bent. Yeah. Um, I think you generally keep it running against them. Keep the uh, keep, uh, keep them on their toes, mm. and I must hold it. Can you see it? Are you look? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what did you call it? Whatever it takes. That was a good title. Benita is very interesting because she's not a not a trained journalist, and she hasn't mixed with the Sydney press corps, which is as corrupt as the English one. Um, it might be even a bit worse. We've got murder on one end of the Australian, of course, and uh, they got Frank Lowy, who is a huge um, donor to everybody who's nice to him. And she's been threatened all the way through. Point was, so she worked on the bid until a few months before um, uh, the vote. And so she went, she just worked and worked and worked, and she went to all the big meetings. And she saw, you know, it's just boring. Anyway, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. The inside mm. story we'll, of, we'll, of the thief way. We'll, we'll put links to Benita's book uh, onto the podcast notes that go out with this so people can follow that up. And it's called Whatever It Takes. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll add details there so people can find that. Uh, I've not got my copy of that, that yet one. So I'll, I'll look forward to reading that one. Oh, there's, there's plenty there. <laughs> Excellent, uh, excellent forward, and I might have penned it myself, actually. Um, <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. One thing we ask our guests on the show before they go is, if they could change one thing about football, what would it be? And I imagine you have a, a, a short list of, uh, or a long list, perhaps, of uh, things that you would change. But what would be the top thing if you were if you were put in uh, as president of FIFA tomorrow? What would you do? Oh, freedom of information. Freedom of information. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's all you need, so that anybody, not just not just journalists, but the fans, mm. of which there are many, and I think many of the fans are brighter than the actual reporters involved in it. Mm. Most of my emails, and I get a lot, an awful lot, are coming from fans of whatever their language, they, they try to, hey, what's going on here, Mr. Jennings? <laughs> and I feel, I feel for them. And uh, if, we, if we were being Latin or anyone, argue for the Scottish, say, come on, Scots. What have you got to fear? They can't be anything to be frightened of, can they? Can yeah. they? I wonder. Let's have it out. Um, 
And I think if we got the one go, the English would be so embarrassed that they would have to follow and slowly you'd roll over from there yeah. because why say no? Yeah. Can't be yeah. anything wrong with it. Yeah, if you've got so, nothing uh, to hide, why not? Yeah. yeah. And remember, it's only about kicking a bloody football about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's sort of, the sort of root cause of it all, or the root joy of it all, is kicking a ball a bit smarter than the guy looking at you. Good luck. Yeah. Wow. Thank you very much. That's a great note to leave it on and really appreciate having you on the podcast and giving up your time. Yeah, really nice to talk to you, Andrew. Okay, then. I'll see you. Okay. Turn you off. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thanks for that. So that was Andrew. Really interesting chat. A couple of documents that he mentioned there to to read up on a little bit further. Rebecca Ruiz's article in the New York Times. It's called The Justice Department Escalates Inquiry on Global Sports Corruption. It's well worth uh, following up on that one and reading that one. And also the book by Bonita Merciadas uh, called Whatever It Takes, The Inside Story of the FIFA Way. Um, There's a little bit more reading in that one. but it looks looks like a fascinating book. Andrew wrote the um, the foreword in that book, um, so um, yeah, you hear a little bit more from him as well as uh, Benita's story there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going forward with the podcast, we'll be on to episode eleven, uh, which is exciting. We've got lots of different episodes lined up for the next couple of weeks. But as always, please do get in touch with us if there's a particular topic you'd be interested in hearing about. Um, as usual, you can email us behind the goals at hotmail.com or you can get us on Twitter, which is at SUP, which is S-U-P-P, Direct Scott. We've had a little, I don't know if you noticed, we've had a little play around with the Twitter feeds. Did you notice that? Yeah, I had noticed it, but I didn't understand it. Okay. <laughs> tell us, tell us what you've done, Andrew. We're still, <laughs> are, well, we're still at the same uh, Twitter address, but I've created a, a separate one for our Scottish Supporters Network, which uh, people can sign up to at scottishsupporters.net, um, and then one for the, the sort of Supporters Direct, uh, more organisational, probably more boring stuff, but uh, <laughs> important nevertheless. Um you may also have noticed, because I'm just thinking... Yeah, the familiar voices at the start of the, the show. Exactly, yeah. which have been recorded by our friends uh, Graham and Keith at the Wush playlist that were on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So um, a huge thanks to them for recording that. Yeah, trying to trying to make us sound professional. Absolutely, uh, They've got the yeah. work cut out. Uh, well, yes, very <laughs> much so, but uh, they are professionals, so uh, hopefully it has <laughs> the, 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 uh, the right impact for us. But... Um, as ever, thank you very much for your time and listening to us. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode and uh, please do join us again next week. Speak to you next week. Behind the Goals is a Supporters Direct Scotland podcast. You can get in touch with the show by emailing behindthegoals at hotmail.com or you can also tweet the show at SupDirectScott. That's S-U-P-P Direct Scott. <laughs>